This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. Alicia De Bruyne joins us this morning to talk about, uh, well, um, modern day slavery, human trafficking, um, how much of an issue is that and what is our current legislation to deal with this really important issue around the world. We'll find out a little bit more. Uh, Morena, Alicia, good to have you with us. Well, thank you for having me again. There might be a few people out there going, gosh, really? Are we talking about this? Is this really going on? Yeah, no, definitely. And I, it's my area of passion, so I love... It's, it's hard to say, yes, it exists, but yeah, and I'm like bringing it to attention to people, yeah. All right. So let's get some understanding. Uh, first, <laughs> maybe some definitions, as we always do. Um, what is human trafficking in the, in the modern context? Yeah, so um, to understand modern slavery, we, the definition of human trafficking is is modern slavery. Um, it's referred to also referred to as people trafficking in New Zealand. Um, Section 98D of the Crimes Act criminalises most forms of human trafficking, um, and then also coupled with the rest of Section 98 and then a whole bunch of other legislation, such as the Immigration Act, Holidays Act, Minimum Wage Act, Prostitution Reform Act, uh, they all criminalise all forms of human trafficking. Um, and human trafficking, it's got a very, very big definition, but it is essentially the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harbouring or receipt of a person by deceptive, coercive or other improper means for the purpose of exploiting that person. Uh, it's an international crime as well. And as a crime against humanity, the penalties are a maximum of 20 years imprisonment or a fine of $500,000 or both. So it's quite severe. Uh, and there are several types of human trafficking. Uh, given that the def- given the definition, it's quite r- reaching. Um, but the most common are labour and sex trafficking. All right. So, what are we looking for as indicators of this? Yes. So. Immigration New Zealand gives some really good indicators of people trafficking. I do have to say that they relate a lot to labour trafficking, um, but they are someone has taken your has someone taken your passport, other locks on your doors or windows to stop you from leaving your workplace or where you live. Do you need to ask permission to eat, sleep, or go to the toilet? Do you have no time off, like to go shopping or meet other people? Uh, Does your employer pay you low wages or none at all? Does your employer force you to work to pay off debt? Has someone threatened you or your family with violence, jail or deportation if you don't cooperate? These, again, these are not hard and fast rules. Um, They're rather just things that raise red flags. And if you said yes to any of them, please come see Community Law Centre we would love, yeah, to check your situation out. Um, so it is really just a good way to ask yourself if you said if you said no, what would happen? Can you walk away? That's a really good starting point. All right. So how do we address this issue here in New Zealand, other than through things like the Crimes Act? Yeah, so New Zealand has a plan of action to prevent people trafficking and it's a live document and it contains three goals, prevention, protection and prosecution. It was recently updated late last year. Um, It is now called the Combating Modern Forms of Slavery Plan of Action Against Forced Labour, People Trafficking and Slavery 2020 to 25. Uh, So it is a high level framework for the actions that the government agencies, and it's a whole bunch of government agencies, 
disease um, that will take over the next five years to address human trafficking and modern slavery in New Zealand. Um, it sets out all of the government approach to address these issues um, in the areas of prevention, protection and enforcement. It essentially outlines 28 high-level actions for the government agencies to take. Under the scope of this plan, it says that the initiatives will focus on the extreme end of exploitation, but it does recognise the lesser extreme incidences of exploitation that needs to be appropriately addressed um, as often this escalates into extreme exploitation, but it does mainly focus on the extreme forms of human trafficking. Okay, Alicia, what's your view? What, what, what are the pros and cons of this plan? Yeah, so it's a very welcome update uh, in pretty much any anti-exploitation realm in New Zealand. Uh, it, it was really needed. The original plan was uh, created originally in 2009 and had not been updated to reflect uh, a 2014 law change with where we recognised uh, human trafficking as can happen within just our borders. So it took away the international element. Uh, so it wasn't quite reflective of the current standards. But unfortunately, it does focus quite heavily on forced labour and labour trafficking in New Zealand and internationally but yeah very focused on the labour trafficking aspect to it which isn't the only type that of trafficking happening in New Zealand it really mentions children and therefore also doesn't adequately address child exploitation and it quite significantly under addresses sexual exploitation in general this is disappointing because international statistics show that women and children are a high percentage of human trafficking victims and they are particularly in a high percentage in sexual exploitation. So it's a, it's a, it's a disappointment, uh, really. And also, while one of the 28 steps, uh, 28 actions, sir, say, it does mention the government investigating or considering implementing modern slavery legislation. It doesn't make it priority. It's a very non-commitment language which is again not great so what do we understand by modern slavery legislation so this essentially is a law that forces companies and organizations of a certain size i think in aussie um it's 340 million new zealand dollars revenue turnover um to report on the risks of forced labor in the operations and supply chains and the effectiveness of the measures put in place to address and prevent the modern slavery from occurring within their supply chains. Uh, it, there are restrictions and penalties for companies guilty of benefiting from human rights violations or not um, committing to the making modern slavery statements. Uh, and so the UK and the Australia were one of the first countries that have implemented um, modern slavery legislation. So there'll still be people out there now going, well, is, this, is, this, is this necessary? Yeah. Is this necessary in New Zealand? <laughs> yes. Um, so it, it is. Human, the World Vision estimates that there is about $3 billion in, do in products linked to modern slavery finding their way onto New Zealand shelves every year. It's a big number. Um, from clothes to children toys, uh, many seemingly innocent items that appear in our shops have sinister origins. Also, New Zealand's plan of action has such a heavy focus on addressing forced labour and labour trafficking. You would imagine that introducing some form of slave, modern slavery legislation would be done a lot with a lot more urgency, and is what is currently happening. When you're yeah. talking about those kinds of figures, three billion dollars mm -hmm. just uh, coming into our country, uh, there are obviously some implication for for some big companies around the world. 
yes. what's their take on this? So it might come as a surprise, but um, because the UK and Australia and other countries have already implemented a modern slavery legislation of some sort, many of the large or companies that trade in New Zealand have to already comply with that kind of with those requirements. So it's not a, as big of a burden as we would think for them to comply if New Zealand introduced one. Um, also very recently, I believe Tuesday the 29th of June, uh, 37,000 New Zealanders presented a petition to uh, um, to the government to bring about the Modern Slavery Act and uh, legislation. And this was also signed by an open letter by 110 businesses. And this and those businesses include the Warehouse Group, Westpac, ASB, Coca-Cola, Amatol and Kathmandu, just to name very few but very large companies in New Zealand. All right, so there's some, some momentum there. Yeah, some momentum, yeah. yeah. Um, your final thoughts on this, Leisha? Well... You can see that there is quite a demand for the government to address modern slavery within our supply chains um, quite urgently, both from just the normal good old citizens and then also large companies. No one, There's no major pushback. Um, and I personally think for a country that prides itself in being front runners and leaders in areas like human rights and equality and freedom, um, it's quite a shame to, that we have yet to implement modern slavery legislation in New Zealand. I think it's very much needed and I think it needs to be quite the priority. Leisha, it sounds to me like it's an area of work that you'd like to get into. Oh, very much so. <laughs> Thanks so much for bringing this topic to us today, Leisha. We look forward to catching up with Community Law Otago again next week for our Speak Legal section. Thank you. Community Law Otago. Free legal advice and support for the people of Otago. Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princess Street, Dunedin. Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com. Ring 474-1922 or 0800-169-333 if calling from outside Dunedin. Speak Legal is made with support from the Law Faculty, University of Otago, training for life. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.